Hello and thank you for joining us for episode 9, part 1 of our Messy series. We're going to be discovering how we can truly love our neighbor as ourself and really get back to uh, God's plan of social justice. So if you will, uh, go ahead and turn over to the book of Leviticus chapter 19. We're going to be looking at verses 15 through 18. And also, uh, one good thing to do uh, before you listen to this podcast is also uh, head over to thebibleproject.com and watch the Explore the Law video. It's about six minutes, and it actually does an incredible job of really summing up uh, what is the point of all the 613 Old Testament laws uh, that are there, how do they line out with Scripture, and then really how do they play out in this message. So this is what Leviticus chapter 19 says for us as we kick off our messy series. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that could endanger your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so that you will not share in his guilt. And do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And as we read this, we sense a few topics. Uh, We sense this overarching topic of justice. Uh, We also see mercy played out in this, that um, the great thing about uh, not going around spreading slander or or not hating someone actually uh, creates mercy within community. And lastly, uh, this concept of forgiveness, that even if my brother has wronged me, I'm not supposed to seek revenge or bear a grudge against him. So we see all these topics and themes really played out in our scripture in Leviticus. But I really think the big idea of the scripture is that we are commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves, And this dates back to God's social justice of laws given through Moses and the Israelites. Um, It's really easy uh, to put our desires over everyone else's. So we are commanded and must love others in the same way that we love ourselves. In Leviticus chapter 19, we see a list of laws that might seem really strange to us. We see laws that talk about idols, respecting parents and decrees. Uh, We also see some other laws about farming about how to mate animals, or that we shouldn't sleep with slaves. We also see kosher laws. Uh, We see rules about tattoos, and we even hear a lot of rules about Sabbath. But what do all these laws have to do with us today, especially when they are under the overarching command of be holy as I am holy? And so I want you to think about this for a moment. I want you to... uh, Maybe with a group of friends or family or, or whatever you're around, um, just take a photo, just snap a quick photo, uh, whether with your phone or a camera. And then what I want you to do is after you snap this photo, I want you to immediately, without thinking about it, just look at the photo and look for someone to pick out. And then after you've picked out your person, I want you to think, well, who did you look for first and why did you look for them? We had actually conducted this last Sunday in our chapel, and um, 
all but one had actually looked for the same person whenever they had looked to identify someone in the photo. Uh, usually first, we always look for ourselves, make sure our hair is in the right place, to make sure we have the right smile, uh, to make sure that uh, we're maybe standing or presenting ourselves in the way that we would want others to think that we need to look. Um, but usually we look for ourselves. And what I want to bring up with this is usually we're prone to think of ourselves first. And usually that's in almost every situation. I bring that up because the command in this passage actually reverses that thought or that paradigm where it really encourages us to give others the same kind of attention or more attention. Uh, I really think that Leviticus is trying to tell us that we, uh, well, really, if left to ourselves, uh, we always look for ourselves over others. And really, this is getting back to how do I put others' interest over my own? Or how do I serve my neighbor? Or how do I love somebody who I really don't want to like? Um, you're probably also asking yourself about some of these crazy rules that we see. Things like honoring parents or tattoos. Um, but that's another conversation for another time. I think the first thing we really have to do is really wrestle and deal with this command to love our neighbor as ourself. Um, this is a conclusive general statement at the end of a series of social commands uh, in this chapter. Uh, if we consider the definition of justice, we might say that justice is just a way of making things right. That we can understand commands as an expression of God's love for us. So, for instance, when someone sins against us, is it really right to sin back against them? I think maybe a way to... Uh, sort this in our mind is asking ourselves, what is right in God's eyes? According to the passage, we're to rebuke our neighbor frankly, it says, while refusing to bear a grudge or seek revenge. In other words, it's right to call sin what it is, and we can even take action to stop its continuance. But we need to also forgive and love the sinner, just as God does for us, and this is important to remember. It's also important to remember that nobody is excluded from this, that we are commanded to love all people, to let all people be forgiven. Um, another thing we also see in verse 18 is we also catch a Hebrew word here for love, and that word is ahab. This word implies an ardent inclination of the mind and a tenderness of affection at the same time. It's kind of back to that thought process of, I can't like sin, I can even try to stop it, but I need to love the person in the meantime. Throughout the Old Testament, this word is used to express God's tender mercy and unspeakable love for his people, to express affection in romantic human relationships and close ties of friendships, and also in familial affection between parents and children. I think we could say this, that love isn't passive, or just thinking about compassion thoughts to others. Really, loving our neighbor requires an action that's active. My question is, do you love others with just your thoughts? Or do you also love them by actively reaching out? I think of this maybe summed up in social media, that if I told my wife on Facebook I loved her every day, but I never really did anything to show it other than just posting them on Facebook for others to see, or just giving her empty words, 
she probably wouldn't feel very loved. And I think this is really true in community as well. We can't just tell people, uh, or we can't just say, hey, I'll pray for you. Or we can't write on their Facebook wall and say, hey, I'm thinking about you today. We really need to show it in tangible ways. Face-to-face is the best way to do that. That's really when we have a deep connection with someone, especially if there's somebody who doesn't, in our mind, deserve grace or mercy. Um, And that's where God can do some of his best work. I think one uh, more uh, note uh, to stash away is we should never look for justice in this world and never cease to give it. If we look for justice, we will begin to indulge in maybe some discontent of self-pity and thinking things like, why Why should I be treated like this? If we are devoted to Christ, we have nothing to do with what we meet, whether it is just or unjust. God says, go steadily on with what I have told you to do, and I will guard your life. And those are not my words, but they are the words of Oswald Chambers. If we are honest, wouldn't most of us admit that when it comes to sin, we want mercy for ourselves, but justice for other people, right? Yet this is what God's command is. It's a reconciling message, that we should treat others the way we hope to be treated. Um, think back to maybe a time in youth group or other times that maybe you've done some cardboard testimonies uh, where you've wrote uh, maybe mistreated or abused or unloved on one side of the board and then you think about what God has done in your life you flip over that piece of cardboard and it says hey I'm unloved, I'm chosen, I'm cherished and I really think that this simply sums up this deep thought that God extends grace and mercy and justice, and we all get to partake in that. We all have a choice whenever it comes to God's mercy and grace, that it's always there waiting for us to accept it. And the incredible thing and the difficult thing is we also have that same opportunity to extend that grace and mercy to others. Um, Really is God's body... Um, we have an incredible opportunity to actually show and extend this to people that are hurting, uh, people that are struggling, people who have relapsed, people who uh, maybe weren't quite kind with us, people who said things they didn't meant. Um, There's all kinds of incredible things here for us to really show. Uh, But often what ends up happening is unfortunately uh, we don't, Uh, rely upon laws based in Leviticus or upon the commands of the Beatitudes from Jesus in the New Testament. Uh, We usually revert back to human nature, and then we end up causing hurt and woundedness. So I think one of the incredible things of, of really these words in Leviticus is it gives us another shot at this and gives us kind of a guide to follow. So I have a few questions for you to think about. Uh, as we again kind of begin this series and get a little deeper into it next week. But what does it look like in your context to rebuke your neighbor frankly, but at the same time love them? Second question I have for you is, how are you bringing about God's justice in making things right? Are you making things right through amended relationships? Or 
literally setting captives free through anti-trafficking measures, or fighting racism where you see it? In what ways are you making things right? In what ways are you showing love to others? Not in text messages or through Facebook or social media, but in what ways are you literally face-to-face, tangibly showing love to others? How can we be more interested in the concern of others over ourselves? Back to that, that picture, literally, uh, that you took and looked for that chosen person in your photo. How can we shift our focus to others instead of looking to ourselves and our own needs and concerns? And lastly, what is one way that you can show God's love to someone else this week? Uh, maybe that's someone in your school or your college or somebody at church. And maybe it's somebody at your workplace. Maybe it's someone in your family. I don't know what that would be in your context, but I want you to think of that one person that you just absolutely cannot stand for whatever reason and think about how could I extend them grace and mercy this week, even if things don't go well and it's messy. But I just ask you to kind of consider that question uh, as we close out our time. So as we've contemplated the words of Leviticus 19 about not perverting justice or showing partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, or even seeking revenge, how can you this week live a messy forgiveness, a messy, a messy reconciliation of those within your culture, within your community, um, to where you're maybe known as, man, what has happened to that person? How are they able to such extend radical love and grace to people who I know they haven't been kind to or haven't been kind to us. So as we wrestle with these topics of justice, mercy, and forgiveness, I pray that you truly can come to the end where you can love your neighbor as yourself. Hope you've enjoyed the talk this week. If you have any questions, shoot us a note. And I look forward to seeing you next week for Episode 2 of our Messy Series. Mm -hmm.